Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr of Kales River, along with the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica. I am Lindsay Shooters and I'm joined as always by the rector of our parish, Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you doing today? Good afternoon to you, Lindsay. Uh, through the grace of God, we're doing very well. Um, of course, we are getting into the thaws of cold weather during spring, but I think that's um, the benefits of the mystery of creation these days. Uh, we're all doing okay, and so I trust the same for you and your family. Yes, definitely. Um, we just spoke um, off air about the church in creation, which is the season we are entering into right now um, on this continued exploration of faith in a time of crisis. Father Rodney, the environment and creation, I'm not a creationist, but I, I do understand the, the nature of the environment around us and I care deeply for it. And one of the best ways that you can care for your environment is by listening to this podcast at home and not getting into your car and driving to church. <laughs> <laughs> Father Rodney, I'm sorry, I was a bit facetious there. <laughs> um, yeah, if we could just call our minds to the correct state <laughs> um, with the, the collective prayer as well, and I'll catch up with you at the liturgy. Good morning to you all. Um, our service liturgy is somewhat structured a little differently. Um, since we have gone back, we're going to be back at church with uh, the regulations under level two. And our, our focus for this month is Seasons of Creation together with Youth Month. Our call to worship, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the, the prophets. My sisters and brothers, the Lord of all creation is with you. Christ teaches us to love all our neighbors, not just our own family and friends. This love extends to our grandchildren and future generations. Loving our neighbor means that we need to think about our lifestyle choices for the sake of our neighbors, both human and the whole natural world. So we Pray to, together if you have your pew leaflet with you. The collect for this first Sunday in the season of creation. Lord of all existence, of land and sea and sky, fish and fowl and butterfly, help us to find each other in the fellowship of created beings and to celebrate our diversity in love and praise of you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lindsay? Amen. Father Rodney, the liturgies, we are continuing down our path in Paul's first, or Paul's letter, Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 8 to 14. And I love how this starts because it says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So the very first bit of that, owe nothing to anyone, I like to interpret as 
you don't need to submit yourself to the judgment of anybody else. You don't owe anybody anything except to love them the way you would want to be loved. And I'm going to hand this over to you now because that, that's all I, I, I want to say about that. Well, what, what, it, what it brings up to my mind is juxtaposing it with that section in the Lord's Prayer when, we, when the old version of the Our Father speaks of debtors, debt and debtors, mm. which is when we're sinning against each other. So in other words, bringing that into conversation with these, this message from Paul, it is saying that our focus must be on loving one another and not sinning against one another. Because mm. Sinning is like a debt that we owe because we've hurt one another and of course this is hard work um particularly um because we make it hard work uh, mm. ought loving one another not to be an easy thing um but even a baby for example learns to love by virtue of touch and hugs and addressing uh, its needs but when a baby develops their personality they begin to fear people around them. So somehow along the line, um, because of this shattered image of humanity, um, we don't always respond to one another uh, in a way that um, is, is around love. It is interesting that, for example, how many people have gone to their graves with regrets that they haven't sorted out, reconciled their relationships with one another. How many people have not reconciled the relationship with those who have passed on um, and now the opportunity is gone to be able to say sorry or to be able to say I love you because we've just procrastinated um, on the mm. effort to um, love one another. And, um, and it says, therefore, he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And we know from our understanding of the Ten Commandments that the first four commandments focus on loving God. It's about our relationship with God. The next six deals with our relationship with each other. That is why Jesus was able to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul, recalling Old Testament teaching and mm. so giving, giving it, um, you know, a, a deeper meaning and uh, love one another as you love yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So the law mm. um, in John 15, we are told by Jesus, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So there's a lo lots yeah. of encouragement. What I, what I believe is this. When Paul was inspired by the Spirit of God to write, oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another. Paul is saying to me, or the Spirit of God is saying to me through Paul, is that if you stop just for one moment and you read these words, you will know and come to realize that within you, there's the potential to love. Mm. And you can grow in the capacity to love. If the infinite you, potential. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you give yourself the space 
to know that the possibility to love exists within you. Um, and if you open yourself to that message, uh, then, uh, um, then that kind of possibilities, you know, uh, 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 arise. We will, get, we will then use opportunities in which we can express that love for each other. And just one thing before I hand it back to you, the words of Jesus in John 15, which is so crucial, and I, I read through that passage today twice because it's a passage I use for weddings. Where Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, abide in my love. And so it's, we know where the eternal reservoir of love is. The conduit is Jesus, and we are the recipients thereof, and we are able to pass this on to one another if we continue to drink from the, through the conduit, from the eternal waters of God's love, um, and love is is fluid. It's liquid. It's 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 fluid. It's often flowing. It's not a stagnant pool. It's flowing. A dam with a conduit is is a, a ever flowing stream. So the potential or the infinite potential, as you as you have put it, um, the capacity to love is is part of our creation. So. I think when we look at the beauty of a flower or we look at the produce of a chicken or we look at the mountains, we don't we don't see or hear hatred coming from it. Mm. All we see is giving and sacrifice and beauty. That must be uh, a, a crucial um, 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 symbolism for us, an example to follow. Uh, in terms of responding to owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Okay, uh, but I, I I just want to circle back on on, on my original sentiment where um, I read a beautiful quote from an uh, international journalist. I think he's based in Tokyo, who, who I really respect. He's, he works in the technology field. Uh, I think he heads up the Bloomberg um, tech pages on on the website um, out out of Tokyo. But he said that like body positivity isn't telling everybody that they're beautiful but removing the superficial um value of beauty from society completely and like that was it it caught me by surprise that i had never thought about it that way um where it's like just take away your judgment <laughs> mm. And, and that yeah. like solves most of the things. It's like like judging other people, like or at least I, I always tell people as well, where it's like I have my own mind and I have my own standards, and I try not to force that upon other people. Um, but in the quiet times and with my wife, I will explain my <laughs> my judgment, but I try to not that let not. I try to not let that affect my interpersonal relationships. Um, yeah, and that for me is 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 an outward expression of like that whole idea of just loving people for who they are and allowing them to create the conditions of of that sort of relationship. Mm. I think I think we if we all uh, accept the fact that our judgments are often based on our prejudices. Yeah. We have been socialized 
to be prejudiced. Um, and, and it's often the thing that I find very interesting, how deep these prejudices are. Because mm. some are, for example, when we're looking at a movie and we recognize, why am I responding to somebody outward beauty as if that is what is beautiful because we've been socialized to believe that is so. And I often find in myself going to that level where I say, hold it. Let me look at other people and say, why is it that I can't recognize specifically outward beauty? And so I'm searching for depth to understand mm. what is beauty really. And I mean, Shakespeare was on the ball when he said beauty is but skin deep. Uh, or beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but yeah. with what eye ought we be looking at one another? So I think when we when we realize that we're all schooled in prejudices, mm. and often mm. our engagement with others through observation and otherwise, we oh we make the comment oh they speak beautiful or da 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 da, and we often sucked into our own prejudices and therefore yeah. That's yeah. that's becomes our judgments. So again, yeah, when Jesus says, "Love yourself, love others as you love yourself," mm. so so those same prejudices that we are venting towards others are prejudices mm. we have about ourselves. Yeah. And so, if we do not exercise self-love, how then are we going to love someone else? If we do not deal with the prejudices that are deep within us, we will not be able to exude the, the love that is expressed through the beauty of a flower, for example, mm. um, which, you know, which, which we can see a flower's beauty is not just on the outside. When you think of that flower, you think of the processes of growth it has been through, the processes of of the of the different weather formats mm. and then it still is able to 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 show how how beautiful it is that is for me uh a, you know and and as you said when i ref, when i focus when i focus on on my my beauty it looks like technology is getting to me some of these things just go out of sync here um no so so yeah so i think we we have to 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 deal deeply dig deeply to recognize the need for our deliverance from prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Paul gets pretty poetic in, in the rest of this. I, 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 I just love a couple of the lines here. Like they, they, they don't land with me very well at all um, because um, it's also him then putting an unrealistic expectation or at least an unrealistic setting an unrealistic standard. Where, but but just the, the language is beautiful. The night is almost gone, and the day is there, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. I just love those descriptions yes. um, of 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 um, how you should live your life. But I just want to say, like, to 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 close off off my thoughts on 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 this reading because I really want to get into that 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 Matthew. But um, is that I always tell my kids. The only way that you can appreciate your freedom um, to think and believe and do and, you know, like to, to remove the ceiling from your head 
is to remove the ceilings of your judgment from other people. So as yeah. as you want to be free, so too you should allow others to be free. So it's like you don't mock people if their dreams seem a bit unrealistic for you because your dreams might seem unrealistic to them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you don't want yeah. anybody putting that, that ceiling on you. So, yeah, that's 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 just to, to close out. Yeah, what I say, yeah, I, I just need to explain. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness and not in, like, <laughs> the whole don't cover it and adultery. It's... <sighs> I'm going to get into it now. Um, so like the adultery thing, I, I've, I've been thinking about this my entire life. So so, so a little bit of context. I have never seen my parents as a couple. Um, when I came into consciousness, um, their relationship had fractured and was moving down towards divorce already. So I see divorce and like those sort, like a relationship ending um, as being a normal thing. And, and I... I always, like, of my friends who have gotten divorced, I've always been that friend where it's like, you haven't failed. You know, sometimes relationships just don't work out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's better that you saw the problems and you went your separate ways. Like, the kids will be better off for it. Like, trust me. <laughs> like, they will be happier because they now have, like, two happy homes to go to <laughs> instead yeah. of, like, just one miserable one. So the, the archaic idea of adultery and promiscuity and like sensuality is called out here <laughs> it just doesn't sit well with me like in 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 modern times yeah again of course it's a matter of 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 semantics mm. uh, because he's speaking of his time how we how do we interpret uh carousing drunkenness sexual pr promiscuity and sensuality strife and jealousy in our time and these yeah. The last verse talks about flesh in regard to its lusts. So, mm. so, so if any of these things are lustful in their nature, then quite obviously it's going to overwhelm you and it will control you to do what will, will bring hurt and pain to the other that you have committed yourself to. Because when you're in um, a relationship, of commitment, any of these things become seriously problematic if we allow them to, to control us. So whatever word we're going to use, the question is, is that behavior helpful to building up a society? Can, because look, your experience of the divorce of your parents will differ from you and your siblings because each of them <clears throat> saw the relationship at a, at the conscious level when when they were where they are and and so the 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 depth of of brokenness and and all of that will will differ um and so whereas you have this understanding yes and i accept when again of course we can't paint everybody with the same brush yeah, yeah. so when we look when we listen to stories and narratives told about how did the divorce come around uh, and wh why was it necessary? Because I have compassion with those who say, you know, at this point in my life, I could no longer see a marriage. But if there's mm -hmm. no marriage, then why be married? You know, yeah. divorce yeah. happens. 
and therefore, I because because I deal with Canon 34, which is a, a divorce and remarriage program in the church, one has to then ask oneself the question, is it possible then that that person can fall in love again? And mm -hmm. that is a, yeah. a, 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 another issue. And, and, this, and of course, one has to listen for, uh, to the different stories. You can't generalize about it. Um, but it's, it is interesting to see that when people behave in a particular way that has broken that relationship down, then mm -hmm. you, you understand that divorce can be very painful. Yeah. But you yeah. also, and it's painful for the one who has to make up their minds to divorce because this is not what they went into marriage for. Nobody. I, I, was, I was preaching in my second marriage, the marriage service today, and one of the things that caught my eye in the collect was um, that grant that your Holy Spirit may inspire this couple to continue their lives in your love until the end of that life. Now, mm. that's sort of a, and I mean, it's the first time I've actually seen that jumping up as a message to me that I could share with a couple. And I was wondering in this modern age where people, you know, of, or like this, if the thing doesn't work within two years, then, you know, this marriage is over and I'm going on to my next relationship. But look at the brokenness people leave behind. Hmm. Look at the brokenness they travel with into a new relationship because they haven't dealt with the old one. So again, going back to oh, oh, one another, oh, one another, nothing. If you haven't actually reconciled, if you haven't hmm. done a reconciliation statement as, as your accountant will do for you, how do you move on? And yeah, brokenness yeah. will exacerbate brokenness. And in the end, the picture will look like, like, like Paul describes there. Hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very, um, yeah, as you said, it's, it's, it's cement, it's pure semantics from my part, just because I'm, I, I, I'm a lover of language and, and I, I, I always in my mind, one of the things that I believe is that the vocabulary a person uses is very revealing of their, yeah, their true intention. Um, yeah. I was listening. I was listening to a a, a YouTube um, conversation between a CNN um, uh, presenter and um, a father of a gold star um, a a person who had died in the Iraq yeah. war. And they are middle, middle, they're from Middle Eastern heritage, but now are Americans. And this mm. father mm. said, we know what's in the soul of Donald Trump because of the words that he speaks, which is what you are saying. Yeah. So the language we speak, the narrative we, we uphold in our language will definitely tell what's in the inner person. What's the mm. message in the mm. inner person? Um, and yeah, so I, I agree with you 100%. So then that's a neat little segue into the gospel, which is according to Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. So it goes on about if another member of the church sins against you, Jesus is saying like, then you must address them in private. And if they still don't listen, then you get one or two people to give what to bear witness. 
And then if it's still, but this is where it gets interesting to me because of something I also saw on YouTube this week. So verse 17 is, if the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And the beautiful thing about the fact that Matthew decides to refer to it as a tax collector is that Matthew himself was still carrying the baggage of being a tax collector, to my mind at least. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the YouTube clip um, was about the painting, like the calling of Matthew, and they were explaining um, more the, the painter's use of like light and darkness. And I forget his name now. I just went out of my mind. Um, but yeah, it was very, very interesting that that Matthew throughout everything, like I've I've always like said, he's he's quite pragmatic in 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 what he in how he de depicts Jesus. But just like this little bit of personalization of like what a sinner or a gentile mm. is was yeah. very interesting. He, uh, it's a it's a good point you pick up uh, because uh, in the eyes of the people he's writing to in their ears and minds as the teacher, he was saying to them, your treatment of a Gentile and a tax collector, because mm -hmm. you are the covenant people, because you are, um, you are segregationists, you, are, you label people as outcasts. Mm -hmm. um, now, I can understand with the Gentile, uh, would be um, uh, somebody who was not the same as a Jew um, yeah. and who was probably considered to be a, an unbeliever. A tax collector was, was, was more a political statement because mm. a tax collector would have been seen as a Jew working for the Roman state. And the tax collector was also, a, was also a, a, a social justice issue because you collaborate with a state who has a, an, a, a law in such. When that person passes through the gate to come into the city, the tax you have to pay to the government for entry may be 10 rand. But the tax mm. collector can say, okay, I'm going to charge you 20 rand to come in. And he'll pocket the 20 and besides the fact that he's getting paid, mm. why could um, um, Zacchaeus say to Jesus, I will pay back four times as much as I uh, to those that I've stolen from? So the tax collector was not just a political um, uh, um, a figure because of the collaboration with a, 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 an unlawful state, mm. but was also a thief. He became wealthy based on exploitation of his role, and he mm. was, you know, and so can you can you imagine treating a church member as that? Um, yeah. You know, will we go yeah. to that extent with within the church membership? You would assume people would love one another, like within a family, mm. but then to to eventually, when somebody really offends and refuses to listen. Their behavior is of such a nature that they become outcasts, and mm. so 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 Matthew raises the the most extreme that can happen when a church member 
refuses to, to embrace the morality of membership uh, and the call to, 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 to the, the spirituality of the church. Yeah. Um, will any of us, Lindsay, go to that extreme? Well, do any of us practice this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I do. I, 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 I just let people be what be what they must, you know. <laughs> but it, it's interesting because that he singles out like the term tax collector and like does that personal identification. Um, it also then mirrors the journey he takes from where he was to being a disciple who then catalogued um, the journey of Jesus as a teacher, which is which is which is just great. Uh, like I feel like an English teacher right now, where you read so much into just like one yes. little segment of the prose. Um, but then, interestingly enough, uh, the, the next lines continue like, truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And a lot of, of that then refers to um, a belief of the sanctity of like being married by a priest and being married by a church. It's like what you have, what you've, you've bound each other here and it will be bound in heaven. And that's why it's considered like such a great sin, or at least it used to be. Um, stigmatized as a sin when divorce does happen because obviously it's a sacred union. But then he goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. And where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So then he turns it from, he flips it from being like you can outsource that commitment to, to the higher powers because it's been made there as well. Um, to like you actually have to work on it and like like a good marriage or at least what I believe marriage to be is every morning you wake up you have to recommit you have to kind of find a reason to love and to continue being in service of the person whom you have committed yourself to uh, yeah that's that's kind of what I read out, out, out of what, what Jesus is saying there in that I mean, it's ironic that um, when there is a disagreement um, or the, you're pointing out a fault in mm. somebody, aren't you trying to assist and help that person? When mm. that person listens, there's benefits for it. The relationship continues. You have found common ground and you've sorted out a fault that could easily have divided and have separated and has and 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 the and the pain of the of the separation you know mm. uh, that 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 will linger on but it's possible that there are those who won't listen when they are being helped uh, when, mm. when things mm. are pointed out and so you go to the extremes now you know when when um for example when two members in an organization have a disagreement and Ugly words were said. Um, I'm called in as the priest uh, with the executive of that body because they love both those members. Yeah. But what has happened between the members, the misunderstanding or whatever it is, the judgment or whatever it is, hinders the organization from fulfilling their, um, their means of existence, their ministry and their mission. So now we listen to both sides of the story and say, well, this is what happens. 
why is it that your relationship is of such a nature that you know just because you agreed there why are you angry with other with each other still mm. when mm. that situation is no longer the problem yeah. so quite yeah. obviously we we uh, wherever the incident happened and we're moving away from it we still have hurt and grudges and anger and mm. hatred that yeah. lingers on within us so if 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 and again the reason why the organization then gathers is so that we can listen to god listen to the actual situation and listen to how this relationship can be mended through reconciliation and you know i i've experienced how helpful it is when somebody can say i feel wronged but i may have wronged you mm. so i mm. have to say i'm sorry and i'm to say i forgive you and when we come to that understanding we can hear that we then are able to move away from our um, from the hurt and the pain and we can use the tools to grow but there are people who want to hang on to the anger and on to the unforgiveness because what they actually want is that the person who wronged them must be punished mm-hmm. they want punishment not reconciliation they want punishment so then they live with that now how is it possible that that person could ever do what jesus is saying in that last second last verse if two of you agree on earth about mm. anything you ask now is it possible that two of you can agree on earth about anything that you will ask um so again jesus is challenging the community to say you know when when with lindsay and i when we saying that the church should do exercise a will mm. we agree placing it on the table coming to this say you know lindsay i don't own this idea because i shared it with you it becomes part of you when you listen making a mm. contribution mm. so at the end of the day it's not did rodney get more praise than lindsay on the other way around it's hey they actually worked together they agreed and when they asked god gave them the grace to do that but what is further important is that when they gather in my name then i will be be amongst them so so jesus sort of um um the 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 musical rhythm moves from the possibility of 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 damaging relationships in membership and what can be dealt with it but what is jesus really looking for is that gather in my name that's what i want you to do if you can't gather in my name what is what is making you not gather in my name mm. it's like a couple that has a an altercation around something in their married life mm. and if they don't actually sit down to work it out then the union is stifled you rather turn your back on one another or sleep in another bed because you are so angry uh, rather than saying isn't it far more beneficial to say sorry and to reconcile and get mm. back to the unity with one another and that's very interesting um this is one one of the texts that continues to blow my mind when you when two or three are gathered 
the gatheredness. I think I my sermon notes will tell you that. I am mm. among them. So that presence of Jesus, is that really important to us? If so, then what do we, how do we work towards? Then Paul writes, I am with him in a different, in, a, in another way. He says, um, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, almost like a clothing. And he talks about baptism like that to the, to the, to the church in Galatia. When he says, when you're baptized, it's as if you're you are dressing yourself in a new gown called Christ. And mm. that's the way you will live your life. So um, it's, and look, look, what's the benefit of the world when two or three gather in my name? I am among them. Mm. Now you can see why the House of Parliament is such, in such disarray every day. Because whose name are they meeting in? Ooh, you are. <laughs> wow, I was trying to wrap this up and you, you just opened the door of conflict. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, I, I'm a believer in separating um, church and state. Uh, but besides for that, I like to interpret the, the I am there among them and the gathering in, in, in his name as like just to relate the entire kind of theme we've been we've been sketching here about like loving one another is if you gather together with without any judgment without any pretense you are all there on the same ground as humans um gathered with mutual respect and love for one another which i believe like the symbol of jesus as i said last week um the in the, the tenant of the christian philosophy for me is this universal love and acceptance um, and non-judgment where, yeah, so if you, two or three are gathered there, that calmness, that peace, that sense of community is that shared love that you have with each other. And that can be characterized as Jesus being among you. Yeah, and I think that's the point. You know, when we gather, for example, we coming together, we are two coming together. What is our purpose? I mean, we're building a friendship up through our conversations around the text. But our common ground, our common ground is how do we get a message of the church in terms of its worship out to the congregation is what's, what's your welcoming statement always. Um, it's, about, it's a meeting place that we are, we are inviting people to because we feel that this is a meeting place that Jesus is inviting us to, to have mm. this yeah. conversation in prayer, in sharing, in listening, in in trying to discern what's the what's the the benefit of the of the text to us, more so what is and this is the thing is it's not just gathering, it's in my name. What does that mean? What does being gathered in my name? So, for example, when we when we greet in the liturgy, we say the Lord is with you. Mm. And so we we are we have a common purpose between us because we recognize God with each other. We can now continue this coming together. Mm. You know, we're celebrating presence here. The favorite <laughs> saying that we don't always sit at one fire. Yeah. But yeah. here in Jesus' name we can. If it's possible if we do. Sorry for going on long-windedly. 
No, no, no. It's all it's all love, and it's all very poignant um, regarding the the theme that that we were trying to unpack. It's kind of the theme we stumbled on because uh, I, I had a squiz at your at your homily notes, and yeah, I, I think we we deviated a little bit from 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 what that was, which I mean is is the flow of the conversation. But if you would just like to. Um, conclude with a, a couple of other points of reference uh, in the praise of the church. If I may, Lindsay, just uh, reiterate that the church is is open from the 1st of September and we have arranged for services on Sundays and during the weekdays. Um, please go to the Facebook um, and on get downloads there from, from the Pew leaflet uh, just to say that services in the parish at St. Mark's on Sundays at 7 and 9, St. Monica's at 10 o'clock, St. George's at 7.30 and at 10.30 and then on, on in the weekdays on Wednesday, St. George's at, at uh, 7.30 in the evening and on Thursday at 9 o'clock in the morning at St. George and St. Mark's also 9 o'clock and there is a dial-in service if you want to attend because the regulation says we can only be 50 in in any given space and also at St George's the office is opened on Monday at 9 to 1 and uh, 6 o'clock in the evening to 7 o'clock and then on Wednesday uh, at 9 to, to 1 so um, appointments are also be, been made and we continue to work with the protocols regarding COVID-19. As we pray, we remember also um, that Youth Month is incorporated into, into um, this month. So we want to remember our young people, um, particularly those who are in matric, will be preparing to write their various exams. And we will say a prayer for them. But in the prayers of the people, we thank God who is our creator God and acknowledge how deep God's designs are when he made a living earth with clouds in the sky, rain and wind, and he charged us human beings to care for them. But we confess that the way we live today is changing the climate, the seas, the balance of life, dispossessing the poor and future generations. So we petition God when we ask him to build our lives into an ark for all creation. And as God promised Noah never to repeat the flood, so make us heralds of a new rainbow covenant choosing life for all that is at risk, for creation, neighbors near and far, our children and ourselves. And then we pray for the young people as we implore God to guide them and protect them from the dangers that are ever present in our world. We ask God to be with them when they experience illness and when they're enjoying health when they're experiencing sorrow and when they're enjoying joy, when they are challenged by loneliness and when they're experiencing friendships, when they 
um, um, are blessed with success, but also when they face failures. We ask that God will be generous to them, to give them courage and strength to take the right decisions as they journey through life. And that through the power of God's Holy Spirit, they may come to know and experience God's loving care. We continue to pray this prayer in the time of COVID-19. Author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial wisdom, to find relief, faith to be responsible, and that God may grant us his salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then in conclusion, um, Lindsay, um, we can just give thanks to God for the blessings he gives us. And as we journey into the next um, week that lies ahead of us, that we will indeed go out in love, reconciled to one another in Christ, lay aside the works of darkness, and put on the armor of light, live honorably, and fulfilling the law through love for all. May God grant you out for self, mark you out for salvation. May Christ Jesus be present among you always. And may the Holy Spirit reconcile you to one another so that you may fulfill the law of love among you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this night and in this week and forever. Amen.